The Ash Kip, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. We've got the Queensland Deputy Premier and Minister for State Development and Infrastructure, Stephen Miles, joining us on the phone. G'day, Stephen. Morning, guys. Mate, um, we saw you, a lot of you on TV when Anastasia was um, was in Tokyo. You were you were you were in front of the camera t- talking us stepping through. Yes, yeah, stepping up, talking us through all the uh, the COVID movements. What's the deal with um, with masks at the moment? Are we holding on for another week? Is there end in sight to the mask wearing in public? Oh, look, I, th- I think we said we said on Friday that we'd give it another two weeks and reassess it then. Okay. I know I know it's really annoying, but uh, Dr. Young really thinks that it's it's masks that have made made the real difference here in Queensland. Hmm. I just see breaking news at the moment that some um, trucks are holding a protest on the M1 over the border closures between um, Tweedheads and Coolangatta. Do you think there's any way? I oh, know it's a really difficult. Um, thing there any way they can change the border back to the river is that what you're trying to get New South Wales to do to make it a bit easier with with um crossing the border yeah that's that's all we'd love to do is move the checkpoints down but New South Wales have said uh, that they don't want to do that so we're, we're kind of the border that we've got but I'm not exactly sure what those truckies are protesting someone said they might be any back to do we know what the um, what the argument from New South Wales why they yeah, don't want to do it is there any reason for them to not want to do it no, look, uh, uh, no, I don't, I, I don't understand it myself. But um, you know, it's, it's their state, so I get, I guess they get to to make that call. I, I did, I did, I did one day last year say that I thought that's where the border should be. So hopefully, I haven't quarrelled it. Well, what about um, what about our interaction with uh, you know with the rest of the country? Though I'm up in Port Douglas this morning. I went out on charter boats over the weekend. The whole Port Douglas Marina precinct empty. Uh, all of those charter boats, those huge charter boats, there's, they, they ferry thousands of people out to the reef, empty. Uh, all the charter boat operators up here going broke. I see theme parks on the Gold Coast, empty. What, what can we say to people out there struggling, trying to forge a business and just waiting for tourism to open up? When, when's it going to happen and what is the plan? Yeah, look, it is, it is really tough, especially for those... Um, businesses like like those ones, tour, tour operators in the in the far north that in the past have been really reliant on international tourism and maybe maybe recently been able to get by with with visitors from from Sydney and Sydney and Melbourne. You know, the, the, the situation down there, particularly in Sydney, is still still really bad, and so we we have to keep monitoring that while we keep heading towards those vaccination targets. And hopefully, once we hit once we hit those vaccination targets, then we can start to see more people travelling. Are we any clearer, Steve, on when, like that, seventy percent or the eighty percent, wherever it is, when when we'll hit that? Do we know? Oh, we don't know exactly, but uh, provided supply keeps up, we should be getting uh, getting to those levels towards towards the end of the year. Um, so, you know, hopefully by Christmas. And what and what is the advice at this point? At once we do reach those points, what differences will that make to things like travel and you know, moving around and outside of Queensland? Yeah, it'll greatly reduce the risks, and it means we won't need as many other restrictions in place. And so, uh, exactly what those steps look like, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep working on. But certainly, uh, everyone should go and get vaccinated because once we get to those levels, we'll be able to to do a lot more. The news out of um, Toowoomba over the weekend um, was uh, well, it was kind of a couple of things. One, I was I was excited that we we're just taking control and going, okay, look, um, stuff it, let's just build it ourselves with these new quarantine facilities. And then the sad part of me thought well hang on how long is this going to last for if this if this isn't going to be it's going to be half finished at christmas and then fully finished next year um does that mean we're, we're thinking this is going to be with us for 
years and years? Oh, look, I, I suspect that we'll need some kind of quarantine at least for the best part of next year. Uh, the end of the end of last year, I kind of hoped we wouldn't be in it for this long. Once uh, once you get to you get to this point, you think, well, the the, the, the harm of doing being too prepared is is better than uh, not having it in place. And so, okay. um, you know, I think I think we'll use it even if even if we can begin to move around Australia more. The the questions about what risks exist in other countries, and you know, when we can start to bring um, international students, farm workers, that kind of thing in, I, I, I think we'll still be able to use it. Was it a big decision uh, shutting down quarantine for two weeks to people coming into Queensland? Mm. You said that we were getting loved too much or people were too in love with Queensland. Mm. Was everyone just moving up here? Is that why you did it? Yeah, it was a huge decision and it's really hard because it's left uh, left a lot of Queenslanders uh, uh, elsewhere in the country. But, uh, you know, we, we, we usually manage about 2,500 people in virtual quarantine, 300. A lot, of, a lot of those were people from southern states Maybe they maybe they'll grow up here and we're moving back or whatever. But there was lots of people uh, uh, declaring that they were, that, that they were relocating here, and we just needed to to put a system in place. We, we still want them to come, but we needed to put a system in place where they reserved a spot before they arrived because it was it was just getting too hard not knowing how many people would turn up on any given day, and then needing to to juggle people through hotels. We opened up a bunch of hotels. We went from like a dozen to twenty three quarantine hotels and that comes with a whole heap of you know police and logistics and and health uh, around it and and is that what the appeal of the quarantine center at Toowoomba would be to relieve some of the pressure on the hotels so that uh, people can get on with the job of quarantining and 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 the rest of us can get on with with life or what is the logic behind Toowoomba and and would people be able to to fly direct into Toowoomba it seems like if you're going to have it, that'd be a great good thing to do because it would cut down the yeah. risk of people yeah. travelling yeah, from Brisbane to Toowoomba. Yeah, that's that's a big part of the appeal is the that the airport's there right on site, so people could transfer direct from from flights into the accommodation. A big part of the appeal is being able to to put in place full infection control. Our hotels obviously weren't built uh, weren't built like hospitals or quarantine facilities, and so there's, there's distinct risks with with corridors and airflows and, and that kind of thing. You put people in cabins with open air around them, you greatly reduce the risk. You put them in a de- dedicated compound-type facility, then you get as many police, for example, to, to protect it and guard it. You can put in CCTV oh. and fencing. But also for, for people who are stuck there, it, it, it's going to be a lot more pleasant. They'll have, yeah. a, they'll have a decent balcony. They'll be able to, 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 to move around a nice cabin. Yeah, and it'd be designed specifically for that purpose, where the hotel rooms, they weren't designed for people that are going to be quarantining. This is a new thing. But would it be for international tourists? Is that the people who will have to be quarantining long term? Or, you know, another five years, are we still going to have to be quarantining when we come back from overseas? Uh, I don't don't think it'll be five years. We've we've taken a one-year lease with an option of two or three years if, if if we need it. But I think... First, it'll be international travellers who are currently going into hotel quarantine, and then down the track, maybe international students or, um, or, or or workforces that we need to bring people in for. Excellent. Well, thanks, Ebs, for the update, Deputy Premier. No worries, guys. The Ash, Kip, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast is a Nova podcast. For more great comedy shows like this, head to novapodcasts.com.au.